All right, thank you all for tuning in. Today, Jazz Cooley will be joining me to discuss his project, Andreas, that is now taking submissions on hollywoodcastingandfilm.com. Andreas tells the story of a young immigrant experience in the U.S. after having been separated from his father when crossing the border. A perspective which is often overlooked and ignored, Andreas confronts the audience with the very real pain that many endure due to familiar separations. Inspired by films such as A Better Life and Sin Nombre, uh, this tale is one of hardships, but more importantly, a story of hope and unity in the face of a deeply polarizing socio-political climate. Uh, to learn more about the project, you can check out the flipping book that's attached below in the description. For this project, they're casting for four roles. Uh, the first one is Andreas, who's the lead. He is between the ages of 13 and 16, so they're pretty open with that, and they're looking for someone who is Hispanic. Um, next is Angel, who is Andreas's uncle. He is also Hispanic. He's between the ages of 30 to 45. And then following that, we have Austin, who is also, he's a supporting character. He's a little bit of an antagonist to Andreas. He's also between the ages of 13 to 16, and ethnicity is open for that. And then lastly, we have Emily, who is also a supporting role. Uh, she's between the ages of 30 to 45, open ethnicity, and she's uh, sort of the school counselor and support for Andreas. All right, so stay tuned. Jazz is going to go into a little more detail on the project and these roles coming up next. All right, so thank you all for joining, everyone. I'm excited to introduce Jazz Cooley, the writer and director for an upcoming short, Andreas. So Jazz, can you start by giving us a quick introduction to yourself, to your role on the project, and your experience as a filmmaker? You can do one yeah, at a time sure. if you need to. <laughs> yeah, um, well, uh, I am... 25 years old <laughs> I'm a man and <laughs> yeah <Are> um, you? <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know I, I don't know if there's necessarily a lot to tell um I mean I, I grew up loving film I, like I, I started writing from like very early age like second grade um not screenwriting just like general like narrative stuff like not Nicholas Sparks style but like <laughs> you know like prose um I always gravitate towards horror um like the first story I could really remember writing was just about like this thing that was passing around school like if you got like a paper cut then like this paper monster would like blow up out of you or something um it was that it had like no meaning at all it was just like some random image that popped in my head um <laughs> but yeah like screenwriting really took hold in high school um a teacher introduced it to me as like a format that I could write and I was like I don't have to write all the descriptions and stuff I can just write action uh, lines and dialogue and that's it I don't have to like say what everyone's thinking all the time mm -hmm. um, so that's what made it appeal to me a lot um, and then I came to the U.S. for film school because I grew up in Colombia um, was raised there um, <laughs> no that's great um, that's really cool actually to hear a little bit about that you had it starting that early like in high school I feel like a lot of filmmakers that I know didn't really get exposure to film or screenwriting till college so it's a right yeah tidbit. yeah right yeah um I guess like my first like formal like I guess I wouldn't call it f so much formal but but it was more of like a coordinated effort in terms of writing um was my SIS project in high school which is 
a senior independent study. Like you basically had to choose a project to do from the beginning of the year all the way to the end of the year. And you had to reach out to like industry connections that your parents had no like um, hand in. So I ended up um, partnering with um, a telenovela writer in Colombia. Um, and, and he helped me write my first pilot, um, which I presented um, at the end of the year. Um, it was like very like sci-fi. It was like very kind of like out there sci-fi kind of Game of Thrones because that was really hot at the time. So I was like, I can do that except like futuristic. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so expensive to make. So I need to like tamp down my expectations in terms of like what I can do, like realistically as like a high school graduate in terms of uh, like actually getting it into people's hands. Um, and then from there, starting in like my freshman year of college, um, I became really good friends with my first roommate, um, with one of my first roommates. Um, and he helped me produce my first short film that I had written, written and co-directed with him in college called Firelight, which was just a, about a guitarist um, who is like up and coming and just kind of like dealing with like his mental health and, and just kind of the stress that he put on himself, which I found, I don't know, was a kind of like a my own projection of myself. I was like putting so much stress on myself to like be somebody because like youth is so valued right now. And it's like, if you haven't done anything by the time you're 24, then it's almost like you're like halfway out the door at that point because then you look at like Tom Holland and like he's already achieved like millions of dollars and crazy success at his age um mm -hmm. and then crazy. afterwards sorry sorry no that's crazy that's all <laughs> that's all <I> mean. <laughs> yeah um and then afterwards um I had caught wind that that my roommate same roommate who helped me produce Cameron Bishop um if he ever comes up in Hollywood then people can say that I knew him. Um, but yeah, Cameron had, was writing a script um, and he told me that he was gonna produce it with a group of his friends. And he asked me if I wanted to be a script supervisor on it. And I was like, absolutely. Um, and then soon enough, like my involvement kind of escalated from there from going to script supervisor and then also becoming an assistant cameraman and then becoming an executive producer and as well as co-writing uh, credit um, because I, I had done some rewrites on the script as well as written some additional scenes for it. Um, so it kind of like accumulated as the, as the production process went on. And then we like actually filmed it over the summer in Texas, just like this giant road trip, which was really fun. But it gave me a lot of perspective in terms of how the actual process is done and how involved you have to be if you want everything to run really smoothly because like you can't just it's i don't, I don't want to like <laughs> sound like the adult in the room um but like sometimes it feels like you're hurting cats and like if you like look away for one second then everything could go like terribly wrong or people are just gonna like not do the thing that they're supposed to be doing or just not do it the way you envision it um so everything has to be very hands-on and i think that that's like where I kind of got my, I don't know, like my work ethic from moving forward. Cause we learned a lot about what not to do <laughs> and, and what to do just cause it's a bunch of like 22 year old getting together to make a feature film. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a really educational experience in that way. Um, and yeah, it, it just made me feel like I grew a lot 
in, in terms of understanding it. Cause like you, there's only so much you can glean from like being in a classroom and having a professor tell you how things are done or showing you a movie that's like, this is how the business goes. Mm -hmm. But actually like being in the middle of it and like having these conversations with people that sometimes are uncomfortable because like you're all friends, but you're like, no, like act this way or your hair's wrong. So I have to style it again. So we have to reshoot the scene. Um, like it, it helps you draw professional boundaries once you started doing that kind of thing. And it makes it a lot easier um, to not feel awful when you're correcting people. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, totally. Yeah, I know. I always feel like whenever I'm working on a project with friends or like in school, when it was just a bunch of film students working together, it's always the worst having to be like, okay, you're not doing your job, but you should be doing your job. And I don't want to be the one to tell you because I don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, this is annoying, <laughs> right. you know? So it's so much, so much butting heads with stuff like that. It's crazy. Um, so can you actually tell us a little bit about your project as well? Yeah, um, so Andres is a short film that I had written a bit ago. Um, so, so obviously writing it um, and I've done some tweaks to it to kind of shorten it and, and kind of like make it a bit more concise and, and kind of like, I don't know, get to the meat of it. Um, so to speak. And I'm also on the project directing it, um, which I'm really excited for because this will be my second short film that I've actually directed. Um, and I just feel a, a lot more confident with like handling equipment and like telling people like, oh, like this is kind of what I want, but also just more excited to like hear from people in terms of like the collaboration aspect of it. Cause I'm just, I'm always just excited to go on set and see what, like where people's expertises lie and be like, oh, like they know how to do this shot that I hadn't even thought of. Or like they have this cool like technique to like rack focus or do this kind of like whip pan that I don't know, these are just words I'm throwing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think, and like actors as well can like bring their own kind of like style to the characters as well. And I think that's what excites me about this project because Chicago is such a diverse pool to pull to pull from um, and I'm just excited to see all like the other talented people that I'm going to work with honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah that's awesome yeah and I'm excited that you came in here with this project it was a really cool idea again I really loved the script and also I'm excited I want to be on set when you do this too so maybe we'll yeah for sure <laughs> I'd love to have you on set. <laughs> yeah um, so actually, can you give us an introduction to your project and describe a little yeah. bit about the characters in it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Andres basically focuses on kind of the aftermath of a son being separated from his father when they were crossing the border um, from Mexico into the U.S. It focuses a, a lot mainly on his high school experience, early high school experience uh, when he's 15, um, and just kind of how he's coping in terms of like his academics and also his relationships with other students at in school um as well as his own relationship with his uncle um which isn't like super like fantastic because angel his uncle um has to bear so much weight in terms of being that father figure that he's been deprived of since he was 10 years old um so Angel has bore like bared a lot of weight um, raising Andres from such a young age and feeling very unequipped to do so, but also feeling a, a huge responsibility to give him the life that his brother had brought him to the U.S. to have. Um, 
and in terms of like the school setting, um, there's a specific relationship between Austin, another classmate of Andres's, um, which kind of turns out to be this kind of nasty bully, bullied relationship, but it, it goes like a lot deeper than just kind of, oh, like, I don't like you, so I'm going to bully you because Austin has a lot of his own insecurities that he's trying to deal with. And in doing so, he's just projecting this like really malicious persona um, that people tend to not gravitate towards but he's already kind of like sunk his feet in the concrete so to speak so he's like this is who I am I gotta play the character essentially um and Emily the school counselor being involved with them um that their specific interaction Austin and Andres is um she's probably what I think is the most interesting character in the script because she does uh, she does come from a point where she has to have a, a certain level of authority. So she has to exert her authority as a school staff member, but she also wants to be there for both of the students. Like she knows that they're 15, they're going through a lot of things. Of course, she doesn't understand like beat by beat what they're going through and in a way can't understand because she doesn't live the life they do, especially Andres. Um, so she's just trying to be there as much as she can for him and, and help him out through this really tumultuous time help him graduate from high school, find, have a better life, and just not see him kind of be stuck the way she's seen a lot of other students be stuck. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, I loved that addition of that character when you brought her in. Yeah, I think she's a really awesome character and very like well-rounded, kind of helps deliver the story super well. So mm. yeah, that's really awesome. I'm excited to see the casting process. Do you ever, um, like think about the actors that we have when you're like writing some of these roles is there like people that you're visualizing or are you just kind of like generally yeah I, I mean for for Emily specifically because like I've become relatively familiar with the roster that is on HCNF um just okay. like actors that have really great range like they can go from like very kind of like stonewall authority in like one beat and then be like very emotionally open and available in another beat mm -hmm. um so I was like, I was thinking specifically of those two actors just because they're really phenomenal in the roster. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, just like thinking like, okay, like obviously I don't want to write a lame character. I want to write it for really talented actors who can take it and like make it their own. Um, right. In terms of the younger characters, um, it's hard to think of just because I haven't seen like a huge amount of the, of the really young actors on HCNF. Mm -hmm. But again, like there are, a very good amount of very talented actors on HCNF that are on the younger um, range of the spectrum. So like, yeah. it's kind of like an on and off thing. Like, I think Emily was like the clearest like visualization where I'm like, okay, I can think of a few actors that could be slotted in as Emily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. It's always fun, I think, being like from casting. I'd say like working so much with them in the casting and then like doing your own projects and seeing who ends up in them. And you're like, oh my gosh, I get to work with this person now. That's so fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, next thing I had for you, I was curious a little bit if you could tell us how your film relates to you and your experience. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the, the, the film just kind of like popped into my head as like that, like a visualization, like the visual scene of Andres and his father, like saying goodbye to each other at the border wall. Um, I don't know if any one specific instance kind of triggered it for me, um, but but there, I did have like an instance where um, my brother was my, I mean, 
so, so like I'm ha I'm a mixed person. Um, my dad's white. My mom's from Venezuela. Um, and my brother, I call him my brother, but he's my half brother. He, he's my mom's son from a different marriage. Um, um, but he was flying up from Argentina because um, that they that they're they're looking to to stay here for a little longer. And they got pulled pulled to the side by customs, um, got all their stuff looked through, um, and they were basically let off easy it, the the agent specifically said to him um oh well you're lucky that um my supervisor's in a good mood today because if he wasn't we would have sent you to the border camp um <laughs> like on the border yeah. um so i don't know that was just a really upsetting thing that happened yeah. recently mm -hmm. um so i guess that that made the story a lot more real for me um go like i don't know having learned that and having a family member that like nearly got sent to what a lot of people have found are really like decrepit conditions and unfair for the majority of people there, if not everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to like lie and say like, I have like a very like deep connection, like personal experience with the story um, because I don't, it's, it's just a story that I thought, is often overlooked in a lot of news cycles because they they want to focus on like oh what are the conditions on the border what are the the conditions on like these um camps but then nobody really goes in and kind of like interrogates like what's like the individual experience and even so like after crossing the border and after they're out of these camps what is their life like because they obviously have a lot of trauma to process especially the younger kids. Like, I can't imagine what it's like being a teenager and growing up in an area that isn't welcoming for you, a place where you don't feel like you're at home. And I mean, on top of all the stuff that teenagers already have to deal with, um, that's just an unbelievable amount of emotional and psychological stress that one person has to go through mm -hmm. and to have it be a child, it, it, teenager, pardon it is it is what i thought would be the most impactful thing um not to say that angel doesn't go through his own fair share of stresses and, and obstacles to overcome because of course he does um but andres really bears the weight of kind of overcoming these like the stereotypes the the, the bigotry um and just kind of like proving everyone wrong that he can be a part of society just like anyone else can. That's awesome. Like all the thought that you put into going behind that. And it is kind of personal a little bit. Like even if you did it had some kind of interaction to a similar narrative, you know, mm -hmm. it's still like it's still scary and it's mm -hmm. like heartbreaking to deal with those things and the fact that you have to be faced with those things, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'd say that you definitely do have some sort of experience with it, even though it's might not be the exact same story. Right. Um, so that's really I admire that you're bringing it to the forefront, you know, just kind of bringing light to it. And again, right. like, yeah, it all is very scary and traumatic for like these children going through this experience. So mm -hmm. it's a, it's a heavy story for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, so you might've touched on this a little, mm -hmm. um, but I just want to ask this question additionally, if you have like another answer, if not, we can keep going. 
Um, but my next one was what inspired this piece and what do you hope to say with it? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, what inspired it was, I, I think, just hearing a lot of these stories on the news uh, of families being separated from each other on the border, it, it, like children having to be put in these camps and their parents having to say goodbye and go back to whatever home they, they had come from in, in their respective countries um, or wherever they could find a home. Um, because not everyone has the luxury of like going back to wherever they came from because sometimes like circumstances prevent that um, but I like I had said before that there's just kind of like a detached nature that that people have when talking about this like they talk about it like there's just like a amalgamation of people that are there and like this is kind of like this faceless entity of people that are experiencing all this trauma and suffering and to put a face and a name to it is really what I find the best way to confront it and and really just kind of like shine a light on like what a person's life could be what when coming to the U.S. and going through the those specific experiences because it's not something that hasn't happened before that won't happen in the future maybe not in the specific circumstances like this character like like the exact words won't be spoken to other people but it's still like a real life thing that's happening like as we speak right now um and i think just to kind of plant that seed in people's minds that this is something that's happening while we're complaining about what car we have or like oh my favorite show on netflix got canceled or whatever like our problems are so like minuscule compared to other people's that that don't have like the privileged lifestyle that we do and I don't want to get all white guilty about it <laughs> but but I still think it's important for people to have a holistic view about what being a person in the world is <laughs> but like there is an understanding to be had about other people's experiences coming to this country and I think that just to like treat people as you would like anyone else, like you, you want to treat people with compassion and empathy. And I don't know, you don't want to assume the worst of somebody just when you're basing off of stereotypes and appearance. And I think that just to dispel that myth that, oh, well, since people came here illegally, that must mean that they're out to like destroy the system or whatever. like. They just want to live here and have a better life like i don't see what's so wrong about that <laughs> yeah yeah that's great and i love honestly like seeing things on film and like really bringing the visuals to life and creating the characters i think is the best way to tell some of those stories like right. it just like it really connects all the dots for people sometimes just to see it and watch it yeah but yeah that's great um i was curious if you had any media like movies music uh, art, TV, anything, or like filmmakers that you really drew inspiration from for like all of your work or for this one in particular? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, Ava DuVernay has been like super seminal for me in terms of like my inspiration as a filmmaker and a writer. Like the her series on Netflix, When They See Us, just like, I don't know, it, it opened up my eyes to what 
television and film could be like the the impact that it could have um just because it's so masterfully crafted it's insane like the the level of emotion that's just like pouring out of that series i, I think it's just something that they'll go down in history is like one of the best television series um to ever be created um but her work definitely has inspired me in a lot of what i write um carrie joji fukunaga um and his, and his film sin nombre um really inspired me to write this piece um just his work is it's so like it's very human i, I think is the best way to put it like there, there's always a very human element to his work whether it be in true detective or scene number like or maniac like as absurd and like as like fantastical as his stories can be there's it's always grounded in humanity and exploring like what hurts us what makes us happy like how do we love um and i think that that's something that's always important to a story is like where's the human element to it um and that's what i like to explore in my writing it is where's the humanity and what it like how is the humanity being impacted by the story um and what moves it forward and how the people grow from the events that occur awesome yeah that's a great answer and so well said i love that i love the concept of like bringing in the humanistic qualities i don't know if that's a word <laughs> humanity <laughs> But yeah, no, I think that's amazing. And I truly do see that in your writing a lot. Um, like the stories that you're telling or the way that you like talk about things when you're working on it. I can see yeah. that for sure. Like you really, really dig into like the human quality. I think let's go into casting a little bit. Um, I'm okay. curious what you look for uh, when you're casting and maybe particularly for these roles. If you want to talk about that a little bit. In terms of casting, I just like finding somebody who's open to things like open to suggestions open to direction i have nothing against actors who come prepared to auditions like, like they're like oh well I, ha I have this very specific take on the character do you mind me doing that that's totally cool i mean i i like that because that means you did your homework and you read the script and you obviously like spent some time coming up with the performance um and i think that that what i look for is what i try to practice myself is an openness because I always like to be open to suggestions and, and possible changes in direction. Um, Cause I don't want to go on set and then be a David Fincher person who's like unrelenting and it's like, this is my vision and you can't talk me out of it. Like you're going to do the scene the way I want it done. I don't want to do that. Cause that's no fun. And if you're not having fun, like it's going to feel forced and it's going to feel stilted. Um, no shade against David Fincher. Love your stuff. <laughs> Um, I love that you mentioned him. I've had so many filmmakers come on the podcast and they're like, I love David Fincher. Like he's such an inspiration. He's so particular about he does how he does things. But I feel like this is the first time I've gotten like a negative thing where it's like, I don't like that he does it that way. Like I want to be open. And I get what you're saying. I agree. Oh sure. yeah. I don't want to have somebody yeah. walk on offset because the, the, because I got angry at them or I yelled at them. Yeah. I want to have people come back and work with me because I love that. <laughs> I love that, that aspect of the, of the, of the industry. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's, I think that's what I look for in actors, uh, like that, that ability to have a conversation and, and tweak the performances, because as much as like they're attached to their own interpretation of a character, I want them to be able to see things from other people's perspectives. 
and just have a conversation about it like i said before because that's how you make those magic moments in film like when actors ad lib like they're given the freedom to ad lib but also like when they're like oh well i hadn't thought about approaching this scene that way then that's how you have some of the most memorable performances in film um and i i just want to work with somebody who has a very versatile tool set like they can bring out like a different kind of sadness that I hadn't seen before. Like, it's not just kind of like, oh, I'm bawling and like, oh my God, the world's ending. But it can be something like silence is a very powerful tool that actors have. As much as like the way they de deliver dialogue, dialogue, I think that the, those moments in between dialogue can be just as powerful. Just a look, a glance, a smirk, a smile, a frown. Um, those are all tools that they have at their disposal that make their performance even better. Um, so I think just range, openness, and versatility. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm curious a little bit too, how you work with kids in the casting room. Cause I know you've got some like, well, I guess they're teens more so they're like yeah. 14, 15 age mm -hmm. range. Um, what do you look for when you're bringing them in? Cause I know it's a little different when you're auditioning with like young Yeah, I, I mean, te teens like having been a teenager myself, <laughs> like I know that, that they're all about like, proving themselves and like trying something new. And I think that's what's fun about working with younger actors is that they're always willing to try something new. And there's a fair chance that like, they're not gonna be self-conscious about it. Cause like they're teenagers, like they just get to go home and go on TikTok now or whatever. Um, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I find that, that they're more willing to like kind of break the mold of what's expected. Um, though like they might be caught like a deer in the headlight sometimes and they're like oh my gosh did i do that wrong like please don't hate me um but like in that like they are like willing to almost like bend over backwards in terms of like how far they're willing to go to like correct a certain part and i think that that's why i like that kind of flexibility um psychologically speaking mm -hmm. <laughs> um in the in the actors um and i think that's what makes them like very <laughs> this is gonna sound weird but like because it can go like either way like they're either gonna be like amazing sometimes or like they're just gonna be like i'm gonna try this like different thing that i saw in this movie mm -hmm. and there, it's like it doesn't like come off very naturally because there is that kind of like performative nature that teenagers have where they're like i have to look cool for my friends um but because they are always performing like they're already kind of acting and you can take that into the on set and be like, I know you're doing this posturing thing. Can you do that here? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really interesting perspective. Um, as a teenager myself also, I'm like, yeah, it was a very, <laughs> it was a performative experience. <laughs> it was like, who am I today? Who am I going to be tomorrow? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's truly what it was like being a teenager. <laughs> Summed it up right there. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm excited to see kind of a little bit more about that and see who comes in for it. Yeah. I think with kids, they're always like, there's something really nice about like, like kids who have experienced acting, but then also ones who like are maybe a little newer with it and they just kind of come in like full force, like, yeah, being their most authentic self, I guess, which I think is always like amazing to see. Mm -hmm. So, because they're yeah. also not loaded with like the cynicism that adults have. Like, yep. they're just kind of That's like, this it. is awesome. I'm going to be in a movie. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> they're just here to have a good time. 
That's all. Right. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great though. Um, all right. Uh, so next thing I was wondering, what are you hoping to do with the film when the project is completed? I know this is just a short, but uh, do you have any like bigger plans or anything you'd like to do with it? Yeah, I mean, probably submit it to some film festivals, like the Chicago Film Festival is obviously like the first one that pops to my head. Um, but yeah, obviously, like I, I want to like shop it around, see if anybody's interested in like making it a longer thing. Because um, I mean, that's just that's like the dream is it to is to like make a killer short film, take it to something like Chicago Film Festival, and then have some like uber professional like Dolce and Gabbana suit producer watch it and then be like that film was superb i'd like to give you two million dollars to make this into a feature like who wouldn't want that like i'm just like oh, you want me to make a feature film your well, voice gosh, i right guess now. i have to no i can't, I can't. you're giving me everything with this voice actually <laughs> oh my god yeah helpful. i mean that like I don't know show it to my family because like they're obviously like jazz is gonna be a star and I'm just like here's this thing I made <laughs> yeah. I don't know have you done a lot of film festing before have you seen um, stuff did a little bit of film festing with the feature um when we were looking for distribution um it was like a slower process than we thought it would be um but then we actually like found distribution like not even like on the festival circuit it, it was just like when we did like a private screening of it and then um like we reached out to uh was it freestyle entertainment and then they're like sure we can like put on amazon and then we're like cool <laughs> hey that's great <laughs> that's awesome that's a really cool way for that to end up yeah what are your goals as a filmmaker oh my goals as a filmmaker geez <laughs> <laughs> put me on the spot um well my 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 my, 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 uh, my goals um I've always wanted to end up in television um that's really like where my heart lies um because I love long-form storytelling um so I like I've always wanted to be like the showrunner like running a writer's room um I don't know I just love that like melting pot feeling of like working with other writers and like they give you stellar ideas and you're like oh my god I didn't know that I could do that with this character because I had this idea for a character but that's garbage because your idea is so much better um and there's just a lot of freedom I think in television especially nowadays because like you have shows like Game of Thrones and His Dark Materials and Walking Dead um, and like the new Wheel of Time series that just like blow up the budgets and they're like, we're spending so much money on this show and we can do all these wacky things that you can't do in like two and a half hours. Um, and like, how, it's just like television is like in like a uber golden, like platinum era right now. Um, mm -hmm. And just like seeing stuff like WandaVision, like the creativity that's on display from a lot of writers and directors is really fascinating and really just compelling and I don't know I, I want to be part of that like I want to be part of the party <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like I want to make cool things and have people watch it <laughs> yeah I mean pretty much yeah. like I think if I was if I were like going to narrow it down to specific stuff I would want to do like tv series adaptations of video games oh that's um, cool I like that that's yeah. like my specific thing that I want to do 
because mm. I love video games like they're amazing stories and I think that a lot of them are cinematic enough that you can put them in film or television mm. yeah yeah agreed I know there's some that are starting to right now isn't there yes okay it's yeah like Tom Holland thing. is in Unch Uncharted mm -hmm. more Tom Holland <laughs> we love him <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome, though. I think that's really cool. And agreed on TV, showrunner. Uh, sorry, I'm pausing for background no noises. Worries. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yes. Oh, okay. I just got to check every time, you know. <laughs> I'm like, can you hear this? Or am I just like looking crazy to you? <laughs> I'm just like, like, wait, the voices are speaking. Wait. <laughs> God. Awesome. But yeah, no, I think like working in TV seems like such a cool experience, like acting, directing, any behind the scenes stuff, you know, I think mm -hmm. I agree with that completely. It'll be super cool. And I'm excited to see you get there. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> You're like, oh, just drop that in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, that's the last question I had for you. So I think this was really great. I'm excited to see the auditions. I'm excited to see what people bring to the auditions for, for the project. Um, because again, like, I like seeing what other people's interpretations of the characters are. I obviously have like a vision as I wrote them onto the, well, it's not paper because it's digital. As I wrote them onto <laughs> my computer screen, I, I have a specific vision. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, because like, I'm excited for new things. I, I like seeing people experiment with material that I've written. That sounds very weird now that I say it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just excited to see people's interpretations of it and also just getting to work with the actors. I think that that'll be the most exciting part for me. Just like, I don't know, having those directorial conversations and meeting with people in the middle as they're like, I want to do this. No, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. There's just like a lightning about it. There's just like an electric current that actors bring on set that I'm really excited to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I know actors always get me super pumped to work on projects. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay, great. This is awesome. I'm gonna stop recording. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Thank you for coming on this. Thank you. Yeah. Right back at you, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in. Andreas by Jazz Cooley is casting now on our website at hollywoodcastingandfilm.com. Go submit now for a chance to work on this project. We'll be filming in Chicago this summer, and we're looking forward to seeing you all in the casting room.